for joining us today on our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today on our Let's Rap readings, we're going to be continuing on with our four-part series, Dead Men Walking. I hope this series has been a blessing to your life. If you have been following along on the podcast, you know that in part one, we covered the living dead. Part two, it's time to wake up. And now, part three, dead to sin. Today, we're going to be reading from Romans, the sixth chapter, the first verse, the second verse. We're going to go nine through 15, and it reads as thus. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? The ninth verse, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14, For sin shall not have demand over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Let's wrap. As we begin to examine the book of Romans, we can see that this is the Apostle Paul once again, writing a letter to the Gentiles. I love the Apostle Paul, for he was indeed one of the greatest teachers to ever live. Throughout this book of Romans, he is educating the believer in the doctrine as it relates to salvation and sin. He reminds them of their need for salvation, the importance of obeying God's law. He also informs them that if we are to be servants of God, there is only one way of salvation by which we have been justified. He goes on throughout the book of Romans to inform them that all have sinned, but we are released from the law. Therefore, we are indeed dead to sin. He empowers them by letting them know sin has no more dominion over them. It has lost its grip. We are free. That there is no condemnation now to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit of God. He also goes on to warn them that there is a penalty for those who choose to continue walking after the flesh and not the spirit. He states very clearly, sin will be punished. We know that throughout the study of our four-part series, Dead Men Walking, we started with Ephesians, the second chapter in the first verse entitled, The Living Dead. We talked about being dead in sin. But today, on our Let's Rap readings, we're going to be covering just the opposite. Because of Christ, we are no longer dead in our sins, but we are now dead to our sins. As we go into part three entitled, Dead to Sin, we should in no way confuse the two. Dead in sin is not the same as dead to sin. We have to understand there's a difference. Let's review and remember Ephesians 2 and 1. As we covered that chapter, we talked about the Apostle Paul had written letter to the Gentiles, reminding them that before they became Christians, they were all, and we were all at one time, dead in our trespasses and our sins. 
not physically dead, but spiritually dead. Meaning we all were born in sin, that there was no hope for us. We were all guilty, walking around in our sinful state as dead men walking with a life sentence of death over our head. Meaning we were separated from God's salvation. We were dead in our sin. In other words, we were lost in a state of moral and spiritual bondage. By nature, we were all slaves to sin, condemned in sin forever. But when we begin to look at this chapter, we begin to look at Romans, the sixth chapter. It shows us we have been freed. It states we are no longer dead in sin, but dead to sin. Let's cover verse one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue? Continue means ongoing, persistence in an activity or process. He says, shall we continue in sin? In other words, shall we continue sinning? That the grace, when we look at the word grace, grace means free, unmerited favor of God. And it says, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Now, abound means exist in a large number, an amount of, full of, overflow with. The Apostle Paul went on to say, God forbid. Forbid mean refuse to allow. So what exactly is Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, shall we continue in our ongoing persistent state? Shall we continue with the activities that we did before we got saved? Shall we continue to sin? In other words, that grace, that the free unmerited favor of God, which consists in abundance and overflow in our lives, shall we continue to sin because we have the overflow of God, of grace in our lives? He said, God will refuse. God refused to allow this to happen. God forbid. This cannot happen, the Apostle Paul went on to say. Then he goes on to ask the Gentiles a question. He said, how shall we that are dead? Dead means no longer alive. He said, how shall we that are dead to sin? And we know that sin means an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law, wrongdoing or offense, misbehaving. The Apostle Paul was saying, how shall we that are dead to sin live? Live means to make one's home in a particular place or a particular person or any longer therein, he said. So what is Apostle Paul saying? He should, he's saying, how shall we that are dead, how shall we that are no longer alive to sin, how shall we continue our immoral acts? How shall we continue transgression against God's divine law? How can we that are dead to sin continue to do wrong, continue our offense or our misbehaving against God's divine law? How can we who are dead to sin live? How can we make a sin our home? How can we be comfortable in the place where we are? Many times we find ourselves in a place or a situation or a circumstance and we get plumb comfortable in that situ situation. But the Apostle Paul was saying, how can you? How can you who are dead to sin continue misbehaving? How can you live like this? How can you continue to be comfortable? We know that anytime you're in your home, home should be a place of comfort. Home should be a place of relaxation. He said, how can you live like this? How can you live any longer therein? How can you stay in this situation when you say that you've been made free from sin? How can you, when you're dead to sin, how can you continue to stay in the situation? Obviously there was a problem with the people of God and not just a mere fact of an occasional sin. Yes, I said occasional sin because we know that Romans in 3 and 23 tells us for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that 1 John 1 and 8 tells us 
If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So the more I began to think about this situation and the more I began to think about what the Apostle Paul uh, was trying to uh, get across to the people of God, uh, there had to be more going on outside of an occasional sin. For the Apostle Paul to ask them the question, he asked the question, how can you live like you're living when you're dead to sin? So that lets me know that they were comfortable in this thing. They were living in this thing. They had made it their home. They had made it a particular place or they had become real comfortable. As I begin to think about the Apostle Paul and what he was saying to the Gentiles and to be able to see what he was spiritually uh, observing, it looks and it sounds like to me they were still trying to remain alive to sin. It sounds like they wanted to continue living like they were living when they were dead in sin. They wanted to continue holding on to some of their old ways. We know that 1 Corinthians 5 and 17 tells us, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we know that we can no longer hold on to the old things because once we uh, come into Christ, we become a new creation. Now we look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over us. Now we look at the word dominion. Dominion means sovereignty, control, rule, authority, mastery, control, command, power. He says, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. So in other words, that death has no more control. Death has no more authority. He has no mastery or power over Jesus Christ. And the 10th verse says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he live unto God. We begin to look at the 11th verse. The 11th verse says, likewise, likewise mean in the same way. And then we go on to see likewise reckon. We look at the word reckon. Reckon means you are considered or regard in a specific way. And he says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. So what is he saying? He's saying in the same way, you should consider yourselves also, just like Christ, to be dead unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. As I began to look at this thing and I began to think about the Gentiles, um, I see that this thing was two-part. And I believe that they got a little um, confused by the two parts and, and their role that they needed to play. Instead of them being dead to sin and alive to Christ, it looks like that they accepted that. They accepted the part that they had to come alive to Christ, but what they had never uh, accepted or they never got around to dying to sin. Yeah, they believed that Jesus died and he was raised from the dead and, and that he would not die again. And I believe like us that they accepted the fact that he had died once and, and for all and uh, he was alive and well sitting on the right hand of the Father. And yes, indeed, he did all these things for us. After all, he was human and divine. He lived and at all points. He was tempted as we were yet without sin. Jesus overcame the cross and put an end to sin. And I found, just like the Gentiles, many of us, we don't have a problem with that. It's not that we don't believe what Christ done. We believe that he died on the cross. We believe that he rose again from the dead. It's verse 11 that it seems like we struggle with. Verse 11 says, likewise, likewise in the same way, reckon, consider ourselves also dead unto sin. I found that many of us, we struggle with how we see ourselves as it relates to sin. 
Many of us ask the question, how can I be dead to sin when I continue to sin daily? I know I'm alive through uh, unto God through Jesus Christ and I feel his presence in my life. And likewise, I don't quite understand because the presence of sin is always around me. And I began to think about that and the presence of sin. I believe the apostle Paul said it best in Romans, the seventh chapter, the 15th through the 20th verse. The apostle Paul said, I do not understand the things I do. I do not do what I want to do. I do the things I hate. And if I do not want to do the hated things I do, that means I agree that the law is good. But I am not really the one who is doing these hated things. It is the sin in me that does them. Yes, I know that nothing good lives in me. I mean, nothing good lives in the part of me that is earthly and sinful. I want to do the things that are good, but I do not do them. I do not do the good things that I want to do, but I do the bad things I do not want to do. So if I do things I do not want to do, then am I not the one doing them? It is the sin living in me that does those things. He says, so I have learned this rule. When I want to do good, evil is always there with me. In my mind, I am happy with God's law, but I see another law working in my body which maketh war against the law that my mind accepts. That other law working in my body is the law of sin. It makes me its prisoner. What a miserable man I am. Who will save me from this body that brings me death? And then he went on to say, I thank God for saving me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the Apostle Paul came to the realization that the struggle is real. There is indeed a war going on in the inside of each one of us. There is no good thing that lies in our earthly sinful part uh, of us that wants to do what it wants to do. Even after we've been made alive to Christ, there's a sinful earthly part of us that still wants to do what it wants to do. The 12th verse tells us, let not sin therefore reign. In other words, reign means to sit on the throne, to rule, to hold an office. He said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey. We know obey means to comply with the command or direction or request of, of a person or a law. Or it means to submit to the authority of. Uh, he said, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it and the lust." or the sexual desires, or the cravings, or the covenant thereof. Just to break down what the Apostle Paul was really saying to them, he was saying, let, let us not let sin sit on the throne of our hearts. Let us not let sin uh, reign, or take control, or take an office in our bodies, or in our members, that we should comply to its directions, or a command. Whatever sin tells you to do, you're just so quick and eager to, to listen to the directions of sin, or the commands of sin, and to submit to the authority of sin, and, and to the lust, or to the desires of sin. He goes on in the 13th verse and said, neither yield, yield means to give away, to surrender, to submit. He said, neither yield your members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin. So he's saying, don't yield your eyes. Don't yield your hands. Don't yield your mouth. Don't give away your um, body parts uh, to in as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But instead, he went on to say, yield yourselves unto God. We should bring in our whole body, our whole self unto God. The apostle Paul said, yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instrument of righteousness unto God. So what is he saying? That we should be submitting ourselves unto God for righteousness, not yielding or submitting our, our members or our body as instruments of unrighteousness. 
doing the bidding and the work of uh, Satan through our members or our bodies. We should not let sin sit and rule our lives. We should not let sin hold an office. We should not let sin give us directions and commands and, and, and whatever our sinful, lustful selves want to do. We're just so eager to obey the commands of sin. Why? Because sin is no longer our master. Sin, we are no longer in uh, being controlled by sin. If anybody could teach the Gentiles this, I truly believe it was the Apostle Paul. Why? Because the Apostle Paul had learned from his own experiences that there are rules of engagement that we must follow if we want to remain dead to sin. Number one, he said, we must know that sin is always present. When we want to do right, is right there, trying to get us to do the wrong thing. Number two, he said, keep your mind renewed through the word of God. In other words, study the word of God. Be happy in the word of God. Meditate on the word of God day and night. Number three, he said, the law of sin is working in your body, warring against the law of righteousness that's in your mind. Know that there are some laws that are at play here. There's some a war going on at play here. There's a law of sin that's working in our body. And that, that law of sin that's working in our body is warring against the law of righteousness. Number four, he said, the law of sin wants to make you its prisoner. We have to understand that the law of sin is not our friend. Sin wants to make us its prisoner. Sin wants to hold us captive. Sin wants to make us a slave. And number five, the fifth one, it says you are saved through Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul realized that nothing can deliver him from this wretched, miserable man that he was other than Jesus Christ. Now, when we look back at Romans 6, uh, the 14th verse, it begins to say, for sin shall not have dominion. We know that dominion means authority, power, rule, hold the office. Sin shall not have a dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So it's saying that sin has no power. Sin has no authority. Sin does not have an office over you. We are not under the law anymore, but we're under grace. We have to stop struggling with this thing and accept our full transformation. Believe that Jesus Christ not only died for us, but that he rose from the dead so we can be made alive to God. But as believers, that we are dead to sin, that you are no longer under the power of sin. Now we look at the word power. Power means a capacity or ability to direct, to influence the behavior of or a course of events of sin. So what is that saying? It's saying that sin has no, we're no longer under the power of sin. We're no longer under that, uh, the influence of sin. We're no longer under the behavior of sin or the course of events of sin. It says that sin has no more dominion over our lives. We are dead to sin. The apostle Paul in the 15th verse ends with another statement. He goes on to say, what then? He's asking the question again. What then? What now? What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. In other words, forbid means refuse to allow something. What he's saying is God is going to refuse to allow you to continue to sin just for the sake of sinning because you're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. So many people in their mind has this thing mixed up. They think just because we're under grace, you can just do whatever you want to do. It's my thing. Do whatever I want to do. But God forbid, God is going to refuse to allow you to continue to get away with sin. There is a penalty for sin. Just because God allow you to get by doesn't mean that you're getting away. We have to understand that God sees everything. Uh, although 
the the people couldn't see the church of Sardis and the things that they were doing. All they saw was that outer appearance, the things that they looked like that they were doing that were good. The uh, apostle John, he saw the real them. He saw that they were truly dead. So we have to understand that God knows. God knows all about us. He knows what we're doing in secret. He knows what we're doing openly. So keep in mind that you might be getting by, you're not getting away. There is a penalty for sin. We should be, in fact, dead to sin. Dead to sin means that that sin has no more dominion over our lives. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to sin. It means that sin has no more dominion over your life. Let's apply. When I think about this four-part series, um, Dead Men Walking, and we begin to think about part three, what we're covering now, Dead to Sin. Dead to sin, alive to God. As I begin to look into that and I begin to think about it, what does dead to sin mean? Sin uh, has no more dominion over us. In other words, we're no longer a slave. If slave is no longer our master, I couldn't help but ask the question, why do so many people of God still have a slave mentality? Or maybe you're asking God or asking yourself, why is sin still controlling my life? Or have you ever heard someone say, I couldn't help myself? Why do so many people have the I can't help it mentality? Or why am I having such a hard time dying to sin? I'm glad you asked. Maybe because many of you have not accepted your full transformation in Christ Jesus. That's right. You heard me right. Full transformation in Christ Jesus. We know what the word says. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. A lot of us have not yet allowed our minds to be transformed. Yes, we know Christ did his part. He took authority over death and our sins was crucified with him on the cross. Revelation 1 and 5 says that he has freed us from our sins by his blood. The work is already done. We know that Romans 6 and 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him and the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So why are we still serving sin? Earning the wages of death. When Christ has made us alive, many of you have already accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And in the likeness of his death, you've been baptized, rose again from the dead by the water baptism. I bet, like me, you thought that's all you had to do, right? You're good. Presto, dead to sin. Not so fast. The Bible tells us we are saved by grace. It is a gift of God. We can't work our way through this thing. But like any expensive gift, we have to protect the gift. The Bible tells us, 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. I love the way the New Century Version reads in verse 8. It says, control yourselves and be careful. The devil, your enemy, goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat. The hardest thing in this world for us to do is to be able to control ourselves, our flesh, our sinful self. I admit, I struggled for years with trying to control my mouth, trying to control my lust. I still struggle to this day. At this time, we're trying to control my attitude, my thoughts. I can tell you, I am more conscious now, more careful now of what I say and do, especially the things I think on. I have found that many of us continue to struggle with being dead to sin because we have not yet learned how to daily be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the word of God. Yes, Jesus completed the work. He said it. It is finished. But we have to protect ourselves and protect 
the finished product. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, for such as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We have to be so careful with what we allow our minds to think on. The battlefield is indeed in our minds. We have to believe that we are dead to sin and that it has no more power over us. I often say there's a difference between committing a sin and practicing sin. Practicing is something that we continue to do over and over and over again. Those things that we did before we accepted Christ. There should not be anything in our lives that we, the believer, cannot control. The Apostle Paul said it best in 1 Corinthians 10 and 23. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. All things are lawful, but not all things do profit. In other words, all things might be lawful. Lawful meaning morally, legitimate, or permissible. But not all things are beneficial or advantage to our lives. All things may be lawful, but not all things are constructed to our character or that edify us spiritually or our spiritual life. Even though the presence of sin might try to present itself in your life, it should at no time have dominion. No time be your master. We should be completely dead to sin. That is to the power of sin. It has no dominion in your life. Remember, you are dead to sin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you today. Lord, we thank you for your word, for your word is true. God, we praise you for the Apostle Paul letting us know, God, that we are dead to sin. Sin is not our master. It has no dominion, no power or control over us. We are not under bondage, oh God. But God, we thank you for your son, Jesus, for we have been crucified with Christ, God. Our sin was nailed to the cross and we have risen with him through the baptism of water, Lord. We know that we are set free. God, we thank you for your word. God, we ask that you will help us that we continue to renew our mind through your word, that we might not be conformed to this world, but we might be transformed by the renewing of our minds. God, we thank you for the power and the authority that we have over the power of sin. God, that we will not be controlled or we will not be led by our feelings or our emotions, oh God, but we surrender our all in all to you. God, we ask that you complete the work in us that you have begun. God, continue to make us whole, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, we love you today. We praise you. We magnify you for it is in you we live, in you we move, in you we have our being. We are nothing without you, God, but we are strong. We are giants in Christ Jesus. Lord, we just love you because who shall deliver us from this wretched man that we are? Nobody but Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your son Jesus dying on the cross that we might have the right to the tree of life. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, we thank you for listening to our podcast, Yasha, Young and Sharing His Anointing. And once again, we want to encourage you to continue keeping your eyes open for the conclusion of this four-part series entitled Dead Men Walking. Our next Let's Wrap will be on spiritual life. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time, have a blessed day.